Hello and welcome back to the After Business School special. I'm Carly Snow. On this episode, I chat with Kenzie Bergeron. As AVP of Saskatchewan Blue Cross, Kenzie explores the ever-evolving landscape of alternative therapies, holistic healthcare offerings, and the role of proactive healthcare measures like visiting a natural path in shaping healthcare coverage. Kenzie is also active in the startup industry as an entrepreneur turned angel investor with the organization Startup TNT. She shares how she became an angel investor and offers advice for those interested and getting involved on both sides, as well as ideation strategies and out-of-the-box problem-solving skills. We explore challenges women face in pitching ideas to predominantly male investor groups, gender disparities in startup communities, and the importance of having diverse voices in decision-making roles, along with so much more. Kenzie, welcome and thanks for being here today. I'm happy to have this conversation (laughs) with you. This will be great. So we got a lot of interesting topics to discuss, but to start, let's just talk briefly about your current role. So what does a typical day look like for you and what type of projects do you work on? Mm, Typical day. So I'm an assistant vice president at Mm -hmm. Saskatchewan Blue Cross. I'm a mother of three. I also have my own businesses, mm-hmm. um, as well as my husband has his portfolio of businesses. So we're a busy family. Um, day usually starts pretty early. The mm-hmm. alarm goes off 5.30, and just depending on how late I was working the night before, I'll maybe get up 5.30 or, or 6. Yeah. Hopefully get some exercise in. That's the intention of waking up early before all my kids get up. Uh, do some mindful exercises and meditation is what mm-hmm. I've kind of started to build into my morning routine, goal setting, intention setting, mm-hmm. and then uh, get the kids' vitamins all ready to go. <laughs> I'm one of those moms that has all the vitamins for the kids and the breakfast and the lunch oh, packed. Yeah. Get the kids up, get them ready, maybe do some homework that we didn't get to the night before, <laughs> yeah. um, hang out with my children, and then drive them to school. I still... Um, I love being the mom that's still as involved as I can, even mm-hmm. though I work quite a bit. So I love driving my kids to school mm-hmm. and doing the I love you symbols to them oh, yeah. and being present <laughs> as I can. So I drive them to school and then my day usually starts somewhere before nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. Right now, um, because Saskatchewan Blue Cross is going so through so much innovation, change and progress forward, mm-hmm. I'm in meetings pretty much throughout the whole day back to back. And post-COVID world, it's pretty tightly scheduled. And that's just to make sure that I'm getting my teams what they need in order to move forward on their initiatives. Mm -hmm. So meetings throughout the day. And then usually 5, 5.30, I pick my kids up from school and daycare. And then we do the mom rolling around the city between sports and dance. All that fun stuff. And I get to hang out with my kids. That's one of my favorite parts of the day, of course. And then put them to bed, talk with my husband, connect with my husband, Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, see how his day was. And then we usually break off and work for a couple more hours and then it's... Mm -hmm. It's bedtime. And then so all over again. <laughs> and then all all over again. And that's pretty much a typical day. Nice. Yeah. I yeah, like having those mindful things, like practices in the morning, it's like such a cliche that you always hear about. But once you like actually build up a morning routine, you're like, Oh yeah, this is helpful. So it is. And it's um it's something that I'm learning to do. I'm not mm-hmm. an expert in. I think whenever I start a new role or a new career, mm-hmm. I end up forgetting the normal habits because my world has changed so much. So I end up getting into a really busy routine. Oh yeah, You get close to burnout and then you realize, mm-hmm. oh yes, I have to invest in myself. <laughs> if I am no good to 
myself and I'm no mm-hmm. good to anybody. And it's always a learning curve. So uh, same thing, present day, I'm realizing how important it is to exercise my mind, mm-hmm. be mindful, practicing gratitude, but then also goal setting. And it doesn't have to be 10 years out goal setting. Yeah, It's just, what do I want to accomplish today? What do I want to accomplish by the end of the week? Where are my intentions are? How do I show up mm-hmm. as a good human being for my staff or a good human being as a wife mm-hmm. and a mother? Yeah. Because it, you get, you can get lost mm-hmm. in the day to day so quickly mm-hmm. that just that daily quick practice is in what I hope to be building a muscle mm-hmm. of mental resilience, so that when the world does throw whatever it needs to throw at me, I have the capacity or the ability to handle it better than without practicing that. So oh, yeah. it's never perfect, but I like to build in at least half an hour mm-hmm. of that gratitude and gold setting because then when my family wakes up and I've got three kids and a husband and, the, and my house is so chaotic and then I get to work and it's the same thing, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm able just to navigate and see more clearly through mm-hmm. the day today. Yeah, just having that little bit of structure makes it so everything's not just like one day tumbling into the next. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's a good point. Like you shouldn't wait till you're like at the burnout stage to then put in mindful practices, but actually be like proactive about how you're managing time and yourself and everything. Yeah. So you don't get to that stage. It's the hope. <laughs> it's the hope. And it's okay to get there. We mm-hmm. all learn that. And once you get there, then you realize what it's like and mm-hmm. you appreciate the moments of building in your personal health mm-hmm. and mental wellness So you appreciate that more. So I always say, like, of course, you want to prevent the burnout stage. But those that have been there realize how effective and important it is Mm -hmm. to spend time on yourself so that you can show up being the person that you want to be. So it's an important, vital aspect, Mm -hmm. a pillar, I would say, in my life, a pillar of health and wellness. It's one of those Mm -hmm. large pillars that I hold myself to to make sure that I'm showing up for myself each and every day. Yeah, it's definitely like a foundational piece because everything else just like really rest on that so yeah that's awesome but yeah yeah working at uh blue cross has blue cross so how did yeah. you get involved with this type of work that i mean goes back <laughs> way 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 um to the beginning of my career mm-hmm. in air quotes outside of university um i remember being so proud of that piece of paper you get yeah um at the time it was college of commerce mm-hmm. so edwards school <laughs> of business and i didn't necessarily have a direction in my mind of where I wanted to go Okay, as far as um, a major or a passion. So I just looked for a position that required post-secondary education. (laughs) And I went through probably something like Indeed or some sort of job search. Mm -hmm. And there was an opportunity to start at an insurance company. It's called Canada Life now, was Great West Life. And there was a position that required post-secondary education, and I thought, Perfect. that's what I have. That's the what I've worked so hard for over yeah. the last four and a half years. Mm-hmm. So I applied. It was um, a very interesting application process for an entry-level position. Okay. There was three interviews, and there was a personality questionnaire attached. Oh, interesting. So they were looking for a certain type of person, I could tell, mm-hmm. based on the questionnaire, and then three rounds of interviews And in my mind, that just felt like such a prestigious role because it took so long (laughs) to to get through. Now I know in hindsight that organization spent a lot of their 
recruits initial position training. They mm-hmm. invested a lot of money into training for these positions. I flew out to Winnipeg for a couple months and lived in Winnipeg and essentially did school, oh, insurance yeah. school. And then I flew back and forth from Saskatoon to Winnipeg quite frequently again for in-person mm-hmm. or on-site training. Okay. So it makes sense now that they put a lot of yeah. time and effort into their recruiting mm-hmm. because they invested a lot into their people. So I was able to really fast track into the insurance space. Mm-hmm. Um, I moved from an insurance carrier to somebody that sells insurance to then somebody who organizes an insurance plan for a large organization. I was mm-hmm. at Sega for a while. Oh, yeah. And then I decided to go out on my own and do insurance and then eventually went back to Saskatchewan Blue Cross or a carrier, went back to a carrier Mm -hmm. because usually insurance carriers are national Mm -hmm. and the ability to impact change is a lot smaller Yeah, because you're one of 30,000 employees. And although you might have a really great idea... You would probably have to go to head office in Toronto, Winnipeg, Vancouver, wherever that is, Mm -hmm. and have that type of executive level role. So being with an insurance carrier that's just specific to Saskatchewan and listening to dealing with that insurance carrier and understanding the opportunities to grow that carrier into um, a better solution, product solution provider mm-hmm. or a better service provider because companies are always trying to, you know, yeah. innovate and grow and be better. I thought my ability to impact that change is greater mm-hmm. with this opportunity. So I jumped on this opportunity to come to Saskatchewan Blue Cross and be a part of their innovation and change at um, at my position. Mm-hmm. So happy to be here. I'm hoping to leave a legacy with what I've learned over the last 15 years mm-hmm. in the insurance industry and hopefully impact change for everybody in Saskatchewan from a healthcare, health and wellness perspective. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm here. But <laughs> it goes back 15 years. Um, and it's interesting if I, I look back at my journey, I even just listening to previous podcasts, a lot of us do say the same thing. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily dream of insurance when yeah. you're in university, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But you dream of, my dream was leaving a legacy, yeah. impacting people, helping people in their health and wellness journeys, and that ties to where I am today. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's insurance, and yes, it's providing products um, on that regard, but at least I'm fulfilling my dream, yeah. which is giving back. And Saskatchewan Blue Cross is a not-for-profit organization. Mm-hmm. So the, you know, being able to give back millions of dollars inside Saskatchewan is such an honor yeah, and awesome. a privilege to be, to be a part of. So, um, I'm really happy to be mm-hmm. where I'm at. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast actually just this weekend about the American healthcare system. And they were talking about like the insurance there. And I was like, oh, this is incredibly interesting. Was not obviously aware of how the insurance industry operated there. But then like, yeah, I definitely understand like how working at like SAS Blue Cross, you would have a lot more impact to have some impact on the change and innovation happening. Like just compared to those like big insurance companies that don't change at all and Mm -hmm. are just like pretty rigid in their structure. So yeah, definitely. Different nice. model too, right? Yeah. There's not uh, universal health care mm-hmm. in the States. Yeah, definitely a completely different playing field down there. But Yeah, it is. And people's core 
health and wellness insurance down in the states is based on those insurance mm-hmm. companies because they yeah. don't have universal health care. So it's mm-hmm. a it's a different model and Canadians perceive insurance differently than Americans mm-hmm. do. Yeah. But we all still have the same essence of being grateful for it because oh, it provides financial assistance mm-hmm. when we are spending money on our health and wellness journey to be able to get financial assistance mm-hmm. to do so is helpful. Yeah. So we still share that. Um, yeah. But it is it does provide some peace of mind as you're investing in your health mm-hmm. to be able to get some reimbursement when when you need it. Yeah, it was very insightful and very interesting to just like see the difference. But yeah, yeah, get some reimbursement. And you talked yeah. about like impacting change like in your position. And how have you seen like in the insurance industry changes like as people are maybe like utilizing more of their insurance or different like relationship with their insurance depending on like where they are in their career or their age or anything like that Mm. 15 years ago insurance used to be a luxury Mm -hmm. something that was above and beyond what an employer employer would provide and perhaps if you could afford it you would purchase it 15 years ago but it Mm -hmm. wasn't a staple within your expenses So recruiters or employers would use maybe employee benefits or insurance as an aspect of above and beyond in their total Mm -hmm. rewards packages. And it'd be a way to recruit top talent or Mm -hmm. get the people that you wanted to in those positions. Fast forward to today, and it's perceived as a requirement. Mm -hmm. If you're looking at a position, whether it's employer benefits, and they have that list of what they provide, most of the time you're looking and making sure that they have a pension plan, they've got a benefits plan, mm-hmm. and what does that total rewards package look like? Mm-hmm. So the industry has completely changed. When I started 15 years ago and we were trying to place products with individuals or or employers, it was trying to explain the value mm-hmm. of what this type of package would provide. And nowadays, it's not explaining the value. We all know the value Mm -hmm. of insurance. It's trying to find the specific needs or understanding the specific needs of the employee base Mm -hmm. or the person and then finding products that fit that need. So it's it's definitely deeper in the analysis than it was 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. And I think the art of insurance is asking the right questions to understand what the needs are of a human being and asking the right questions that they might not even know what their needs are until you have a conversation. And then through that conversation, they are starting to realize, you are starting to realize, oh, this is totally different than what Mm -hmm. they thought initially their needs were. And then designing packages, designing products that fit those needs And then pricing them Mm -hmm. is the next complex thing with insurance. But when you have a generation that now has five or when we have a um, when we have a group today that has five generations Mm -hmm. inside, you're trying to find needs for that uh, person that's just starting their career, 18 to 20. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe they're single dog. And they're looking for pet insurance yeah. and they're looking for paramedical practitioners mm-hmm. like a naturopath, a homeopath, acupuncture mm-hmm. versus somebody that's almost 
exiting their career, going into retirement, doesn't have to have an age at this point anymore, but <laughs> maybe their family is grown mm-hmm. and it's just them and a spouse and they're looking for different types of benefits. Yeah. So it's being able to customize packages so that everybody gets the same amount of um, and I say utility and I smile about that because that's my favorite word from university that I've taken <laughs> oh, out <yeah. laughs> from my economics class is utility. Yes. And I sometimes have to define what I mean by that. But one's perceived value of something, you yeah. want to make sure that you get that throughout each generation so mm-hmm. that everybody can value their insurance plan. That is the art mm-hmm. with insurance today. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And like it's no longer just like a one size fits all type of deal mostly with like five generations inside like one company that's incredible the need there so yeah i always say i always say healthcare or your your health and wellness is like a fingerprint yeah it's unique to you Mm -hmm. what works for you and your body and your history is totally different than even somebody your age sitting next to you Mm -hmm. so how do you find something that fits for most people because your health and wellness and your journey mm-hmm. in this space is totally different oh, than mine would be. Yeah, absolutely. So. And then with like this change and yeah, like you mentioned, like going to like a naturopath or like these kind of like more holistic offerings that are maybe not always covered. Like, are you seeing more of a shift towards that or like how is that offering changing? Mm, it's a beautiful shift post pandemic. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. There's... There's not a lot of research out yet on 2023 and beyond. We're just starting to see it now. But people are starting to take health and wellness more seriously Mm -hmm. on a massive scale than we've ever seen. Whether it's, you know, top of mind, maybe it's reactively, they don't feel well and they're searching to feel Mm -hmm. better. Or maybe perhaps the pandemic has enlightened individuals to say health and wellness matters. We just went through a global health pandemic and I want to make sure that I'm setting my body up and my family up for longevity. Mm -hmm. So we've seen that mindset shift and we've definitely seen more people utilize their benefits program more than ever. And that is such a beautiful thing Mm -hmm. is we hope that people take proactive measures to improve their life I get to work for an organization that that's in our mission statement is to be improving the health and wellness of our communities. And that's exactly what we want to see. So mm-hmm. um, for us, first and foremost, we we use the word health literacy, but our goal at Saskatchewan Blue Cross is to increase the access and the health literacy of our communities, which means the ability to find information and utilize that information to improve your own life. Mm -hmm. So the first step is always understanding your body, yourself, and where do you find that information in order to understand that. Mm -hmm. And then second to that is then giving um, the products or the resources to be able to then go out and do something with your health and wellness journey. Mm -hmm. So um, it's evolving, but huge paradigm shift post-pandemic to Mm -hmm. health. And yeah. so at least we're we're putting that just as human beings top of mind with our health and wellness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely like even goes back to just like your first point of like pa- practicing mindfulness in the morning. Like it's that same proactive 
outlook on things like instead of like getting to that burnout stage because yeah like in the pandemic burnout was like such a top of mind thing like that was the most talked about thing it seemed like within like the workspace is people experiencing burnout so now like that shift towards people being more proactive instead of like now you've like hit the wall like you're sick or you're burnt out or anything like you were experiencing a problem now everyone's being like so much more proactive so that Mm -hmm. is such a great shift to see in response mm-hmm. to the pandemic. So there's one good thing that comes out of it. But There is. We all have to live mm-hmm. by that. Um, in the workplace, it's nice to see your leaders mm-hmm. or leaders practicing that yeah. or making time or space for that as a priority because they're practicing what they hope everybody else would preach is mm-hmm. make sure you spend those time taking breaks. We've yeah, got wellness sure. rooms or break rooms inside Blue Cross that you can actually just go into and take your break that you need to and happy to support that time because Mm -hmm. I know it takes time to reset your mind. You've got so much coming at you. So it's important for leaders in any organization to be promoting Mm -hmm. um, healthy mindsets and then also healthy lifestyles Mm -hmm. because that trickles down to everybody or just everybody around you, right? Mm -hmm. But then also you've got really educated generations that are taking that upon themselves as well to say they're taking a stand and saying I want to be healthy and I want to work for organizations that promote that or make time Mm -hmm. for us to do that and I think that's really powerful too to move the dial to actually spend time focusing on ourselves as human beings Mm -hmm. yeah no that's awesome and yeah definitely like work has had such a shift during the pandemic especially like in that space so like things like yeah going to see like a naturopath or doing acupuncture like these kind of like things that were like kind of seen as like woo woo woo-y type of medical or health benefit type offerings like you're now getting being part of like an insurance plan like are you seeing that more even like for a company to introduce them into an insurance plan just like as that like getting that competitive advantage going back from like 15 years ago it's like this plan was like how we attracted top talent, but like is introducing more of these newer offerings kind of like that new take on it. I love your woo woo <laughs> <Yeah>. definition. <laughs> not my personal opinion, but I love it. No, of course not. Um, well, that still exists today. Mm-hmm. So what was perceived as alternative 10 years ago yeah. is now on are staple of offerings Mm -hmm. naturopath there still is those alternative therapies that are used very regularly Mm -hmm. for many people that aren't necessarily covered by insurance carriers and i say yet Mm -hmm. there's there is the ability to Got, get coverage for those types of offerings through wellness accounts and mm-hmm. spending accounts like that. But the challenge with the insurance space is it needs to have an association or regulator body attached to it mm-hmm. so we can make sure that the standards are upheld. Yeah. So I always... It, and I always say there's there's always a circle of wellness around people that's so unique to everybody. There's 12 practitioners at any given time that I see. Mm-hmm. And maybe a quarter of them are covered and maybe the rest are not. Yeah. And I look forward to the day that the other mm-hmm. eight 
are covered, and that will happen as time progresses and there's more regulation and there's more adaptation to these types of of practices. Mm -hmm. Naturopath is one of them, and I'm happy you say that because I know that you're starting to go see a yeah. naturopath and my co-worker you said you gotta go shared. we yeah. got the benefits you must go so i'm like all right let me start that was definitely i'm on that edge where you kind of said like before like in my early career i was like i'm not using my benefits i don't care about any of this and now like talking to some of my coworkers, they're like no use these like go book your massage go book your natural pass i'm like oh i see the benefit of your benefits now <laughs> so <laughs> the financial benefit yeah. i'm like plus oh, I actually see going it. Uh, yes yeah. so what's interesting of what you said about that though is sometimes insurance can be perceived as overwhelming mm-hmm. you get that information and you think oh my gosh there's yeah. so much in this yeah. document and it just takes peers or friends mm-hmm. or word of mouth to say have you considered this have yeah. you done this and then you it clicks right mm-hmm. it might not click reading that booklet that you get from your insurance carrier but it clicks from having somebody around you that said i saw this person have you done this mm-hmm. did you know it's covered yeah i always make an effort to tell my friends and family or I'll post about getting an IV at the naturopath and and I do that because I also then in the end say it was covered Mm -hmm. and people are like wow you can go get an IV at your naturopath feel great have a boost in your immunity and it's covered and Mm -hmm. I'm like yes it's covered so sometimes that translation through friends family peers Mm -hmm. or having that really great influence around you can make the difference oh yeah because yes yes it's covered and yes we want you to use those Mm -hmm. benefits because yes it helps your health in a proactive way just to be better Mm mm-hmm yeah, that's the same thing with acupuncture. Like, I always was like, that's such a weird thing. Like, I would never do that. And then I talked to somebody recently that went and had, like, a life-changing experience from acupuncture. I'm like, well, I got to do that. Now it's covered. <laughs> a life-changing experience for free? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> that's so truthful. <laughs> and you will have those moments. Mm-hmm. And I hope you have those moments in your journey because sometimes you're not going to have a life-changing yeah. experience every single time. hmm But I can look back through all the practitioners that I went through, covered or not. Some were not covered Mm -hmm. yet. And I've had some amazing experiences in my health journey that I would, you know, love to refer to a thousand people. Mm -hmm. So that's the beautiful thing of having those really great experiences Mm -hmm. and then just telling people about them. Cheryl. And the bonus, of course is getting some money back in your bank account exactly, when yeah. you submit it online through your mm-hmm. app. Yeah. because like <laughs> Or not. Of, yeah. Or you can fill out a piece of paper too. Like lots of those types of more like holistic health benefits are like you don't see like the immediate result. Like you go to the dentist and you get your teeth clean. Like there's the immediate result. But some of these things, it's like it's that proactive step. So that's maybe like the difference between the two. But yeah, it's interesting to see mm-hmm. the two change and hopefully more of these woo-woo-y things will be I offered. Love the <laughs> um, I yeah. think if you, in my mindful practice, each and every morning I have a goal. Mm-hmm. So when I go to my appointments in this journey of health and wellness, I always have a goal in mind. I want to feel this way or mm-hmm. I want this to happen in my life. And I think with that mindset, then you're able to figure out if you're working towards that goal or not, mm-hmm. because then 
if if I'm working towards a goal, say with acupuncture, and it doesn't happen, perhaps, then I will find another avenue to mm-hmm. explore. So just always having that present mindset of like, how are you feeling today? How do you want to feel tomorrow? What are you working towards in your mm-hmm. health and wellness journey is important because then you can qualify yeah. whether something's working or not. Or you just wait, right? Some of mm-hmm. this takes time and yeah. then you just kind of consistently go. And if you're not seeing that progress, mm-hmm. then you find something else. Yeah, just being mindful in your mindfulness, which is great. Um, <laughs> That's a great quote. I you'll have to... Quote. We'll just have to do a follow-up episode sometime where you do like a share all of all the best <laughs> health practices mm-hmm. to recommend all of them. Because I yeah, will. I do that great. to my friends yeah. all, the all the time. I'm the source of <laughs> yeah. of who and where and what mm-hmm. they've done for me oh, that's awesome. to go to. So I'd happy, be mm-hmm. happy to do that. Yeah, that'll be a follow-up episode. So look out for that one. <laughs> awesome. So um, kind of switching gears away from health and wellness and mm-hmm. insurance, like you said at the beginning, you spend most of your evenings working on other projects and businesses and your husband also has a portfolio of businesses so i know you're involved with startup tnt and angel investing which is Mm -hmm. super interesting can you kind of share how you got involved with that and the opportunities you've had within that space Mm -hmm. yes the Mm -hmm. tech space and Mm -hmm. innovation and ideation for sure it starts back to pretty early years for Mm -hmm. me with technologies so in high school, I frequently traveled to Seattle. Okay. And there was such an amazing culture in Seattle with technology. Mm-hmm. I got to tour Microsoft. Oh, cool. Um, I got to go on a boat to see Bill Gates' house. Oh, nice. And, uh, <laughs> it was very fascinating to see all the safety yeah. precautions around his house. Uh, I got to learn how to drive standard in the Boeing parking lot in Seattle. Oh, nice. <laughs> but that was I was immersed in an expanse of thought of what technology and, and opportunity could be. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to then university, I started at the U of S in Edwards School of Business, College of Commerce, and my family moved to San Francisco. Okay. My dad was a professor for many, many decades at the University of Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. And he moved his dental practice down to U of C. Okay. And I followed along, of course. Yeah. Going to spend some time <laughs> in the winter in California. And then again, got immersed in mm-hmm. the tech community in Silicon Valley now that was it wasn't like it is today it was emergent Mm -hmm. back at that time but again expansive thought that i was able to come back to university and just shift my mindset i thought i wanted to be in a certain major Mm -hmm. in university and then realized with my travels that i wanted to study more than just one major down at the university in california I had gotten some really great advice from a business professor there that said, if you if you go into accounting, you most likely will be a CPA and you're going to stay in that space. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, the world is your oyster and you yeah. should take the time to be able to learn multi-dimensions of, of business. Mm-hmm. And I really took that to heart. It was the first year that the College of Commerce opened up the opportunity to, in the management space. Okay. We still had general business, but at that time, management was a mixture of mm-hmm. lots of minors, essentially finance, HR, operations and systems, mm-hmm. accounting, marketing. And I was able to take classes 
in all of those micro mm-hmm. units so that I would have a broader perspective on business. And that's still one of the best life advice I got mm-hmm. from that. But being down in San Francisco, being immersed into that tech community, coming back. And then, yes, I did flow through insurance, but I always had the appetite to innovate mm-hmm. or just naturally I love to ideate. I love to spend time talking with my friends mm-hmm. about cool companies to start mm-hmm. or problems to solve. That's generally my my conversation. So I I really took that to heart. And once the pandemic happened and I had more time to sit and think, mm-hmm. and I was also working in my basement with my husband. My husband yeah. took one side of the basement. <laughs> I took the other side. So we were working in really close proximity. Mm-hmm. Um, we just started thinking about technology. We started thinking about ideas. We started to talk more in that space and really got inspired. Technology is in every industry. Mm-hmm. Technology is going into every industry oh, yeah. and innovating. Mm-hmm. Disrupting, yes, I don't like this word because sometimes disrupting is negatively yeah. taken, but it's taking an idea and improving something. And mm-hmm. I just love that yeah. idea. So we were in the basement and just naturally I thought maybe I should start a technology company. Mm-hmm. I've got many problems that I would love to solve in the health and wellness space. I'm yeah. super passionate about it. I'll start there. And then my husband, why don't we get, start angel investing and you you start in that space. Mm-hmm. Now it was only 10 feet away. So I was at one computer starting a business and he was at the other computer starting to do angel investing. Yeah. And we were just authentically listening to each other's conversations. Yeah. I was a part of an incubator, which is, a, there's two really fantastic technology incubators in our province. Mm-hmm. And it's the ability to bring companies into a hyper state, educate them, challenge them, and hopefully set a really great foundation for that company to mm-hmm. grow. So I was a part of a tech incubator. It was out of Regina, but I was out of my home in Saskatoon. Yeah called Cultivator and it was an amazing community to be a part of to start a company mm-hmm. and then my husband started angel investing but there wasn't a group in Saskatchewan yet so we had to find groups in Alberta mm-hmm. to start angel investing and when I would listen to my husband's conversations I just felt like there was so much that I could add mm-hmm. to those conversations so I just authentically would peek around hit that his shoulder in the zoom conversations because we are investing our money together yeah. it's not just him and i would wave and just give an opinion and that opinion was well received mm-hmm. which just kind of helped my mind set to think it started with "Ooh, i can't i can't do that there's 50 people on that zoom call and there yeah. wasn't a single female and i there was just a little bit of intimidation in that. Absolutely. Maybe motivation too. When I see mm-hmm. when I see situations like that, I'm usually the first one to mm-hmm. to break down those barriers. So I did pop my head around and give my opinion and it was well received and I was able to gain that confidence in my opinions to then say, Okay, I'm gonna jump headfirst mm-hmm. into this angel investing space. I just connected with it so deeply. Yeah. And a lot of the entrepreneurs that go through these investment opportunities or competitions are females. Mm -hmm. And I thought, what a great way if they were actually pitching to a female because they wouldn't have to spend the first five Mm -hmm. minutes of their pitch 
explaining <laughs> their problem that they're solving because I understood it from yeah. a human level. Mm-hmm. So I started to really put a lot of effort into the angel investing space. You can do it as a like as an individual. You don't have to do it as a group. Mm-hmm. But it's really hard to find the opportunity to invest in companies. You have to go out and you have to search for the companies or you have to really utilize your own personal connections Mm -hmm. to find those opportunities. Whereas you have what they call syndicates, so groups Mm -hmm. of angel investors that come together and they have a brand name and that brand name is recognized and they facilitate competitions or they facilitate investments Mm So that us as angel investors actually have the opportunities come to us. And it's our decision in whether whether we want to invest in them or not. But it just really helps us as investors have a lot of deal flow or lots Mm -hmm. of opportunity to meet people, dive into their company. We call it due diligence, but Mm -hmm. dive into their company and understand who they are as entrepreneurs, what problems are they solving, what revenue models do they have, um, how do they set up their business back end? And you mm-hmm. start asking really awesome questions. So it's um it's an evolution. We are a part of a few angel syndicates. You mentioned Startup TNT. Mm-hmm. I am an ambassador of Startup TNT. So I do believe in the brand. I do believe in the makeup of Startup TNT. And I'm trying to always find new angel investors in our space because mm-hmm. I think Diverse backgrounds allow for diverse conversations and diverse due diligence. And it just makes us better as investors to have more voices at the table Mm -hmm. from different life experiences to be able to ask the right questions to these entrepreneurs. So, Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. Here I am. It's only been a two and a half year journey. I haven't Mm -hmm. been angel investing for a long time, but I've invested in, you know, almost two dozen companies. Mm -hmm. Um, majority in the Prairie Provinces, BC, Alberta, and of course, Saskatchewan, Mm -hmm. a heavy emphasis in Saskatchewan. And I don't foresee myself stopping Mm -hmm. anytime in the future. It's my way of giving back financial resources or or through mentorship Mm -hmm. and to really help entrepreneurs get from point A to point B when they need it the most, Mm -hmm. which is usually through finances and mentorship. So yeah, it's a fun way to do it fun way to be involved with the startup community and just like the business community in general but yeah like that mm-hmm. first step is such a hard one like when you have an idea but like where do you go next like just that mentorship or that initial investment is such a big piece of like the initial success and like being part of these like syndicates where you pool the money like it just has such a greater impact because you can give away so much more money like startup TNT just like recently wrapped I'm pretty sure so uh, they were talking about how much money they gave out. And it's just like, it's so much because you're able to pool that together. And in, instead of like each individual person going out <laughs> and investing independently. So yeah, it's super mm-hmm. great. And the need for more diverse voices is definitely, <laughs> definitely needed. But yeah, like being in a Zoom call where it's 50 people and not a single female is, you know, really paints that picture that there needs to be that diversity. But definitely true about like, if you have like a two minute pitch and you have to spend the first minute explaining what the need is before you can pitch the company. Yeah, there needs to be more people in the room. So have you been in like a pitch where somebody has had to do that? Like take of a long course. time to like explain their need before going into the pitch? Of course. I've mm-hmm. seen it I've seen it happen when I wasn't an angel investor. Oh yeah. And that's definitely one of the motivating factors to become one. Mm-hmm. I was watching a pitch 
and got extremely uncomfortable because I wasn't able to, it was just watching it from my computer screen during Mm -hmm. COVID. And I wanted to, well, I was probably yelling at the computer screen (laughs) and then wanting to have my voice in those conversations. So yeah, I definitely, I got the opportunity um, in a very perfect example to your question was there is um, a wonderful company. It was a female hygiene mm-hmm. company. So they they create products um, out of different materials that are mm-hmm. better for women's bodies. And <laughs> I remember being in that conversation and listening to the pitch. Yeah. When they pitch it, though, they they have to pitch it for everybody in the room. Mm-hmm. So, yes, they do have to spend that time, hyper-focused time. You said two minutes, which is pretty accurate. A lot of the pitches are two minutes. Yeah. They have to spend that time educating a lot of the room. That's just fact. Mm-hmm. Out of if there's 10 angel investors, it's probably one, maybe one, maximum two female mm-hmm. investors in that room. So we understand that. But in our brain, as they're pitching that female product in this example, I'm thinking about other things and I'm anticipating the questions that I want them to answer. Whereas I don't I don't need to spend that time thinking about what this product is yeah. going to solve. What's the problem are they going to solve? Mm-hmm. Where it really makes the impact though is getting that company into the next steps, which is the due diligence steps, because we don't take every company that mm-hmm. pitches to us into a due diligence stage because that takes hours to yeah. go through. So I am able to advocate on whether I think this is the right problem to solve or not because I live through it yeah. as a female. So I advocate on behalf of that entrepreneur and that problem that they're solving. Mm-hmm. And then in the due diligence in the due diligence stage, I'm able to give my personal opinion on how I think that mm-hmm. this product is is helpful. Yeah. And they don't have to spend all that time questioning or guessing. I can just say that yes, this yes. this is helpful. <laughs> this is what I've experienced mm-hmm. and and these are the questions that we should ask moving forward. Mm-hmm. Let's focus on the revenue model, let's focus on the business plan or the 3-year business plan as opposed to asking questions on what the problems actually yeah. solving. So it's helpful to have diversity. I always say there's amazing companies in the province of Saskatchewan, say like Salon Scale, mm-hmm. um, a great problem where they've created, I, I shouldn't speak on behalf of the company, but it's create ways to measure products yeah. um, for your hair, products that go in your hair. And to be able to have an angel investor around that table that was a hairdresser or a mm-hmm. stylist or had that education or background would have been really helpful yeah, in that oh, due diligence sure. stage because it would have provided way more context mm-hmm. and less questions on the problem and more on the business and the business opportunity, mm-hmm. just as an example. So yeah. that's why diversity is important. And it's not necessarily gender diversity. Yeah. It's you do not have to be a financial planner mm-hmm. to be an angel investor. You can come from any background. You can be a pilot. You can be a hairdresser, like I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. You can be a, an engineer. You can be a daycare provider. Yeah, Those diverse backgrounds help in the due diligence process as you're analyzing businesses because it just provides better context. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then less time fo- like in that due diligence focused on because yeah like if you're just pitching like a hair product or a feminine hygiene product to like a table of men then they're gonna wonder if it's even worth taking to the due diligence stage just because they don't understand the product so yeah having those diverse voices in all aspects is so great and mm-hmm. not just having 
people with finance degrees and finance backgrounds because that's only one step of it and you can miss out on like so many good businesses just because they the need isn't understood or yeah it just like doesn't serve the person that you're pitching to mm-hmm. so yeah there's a great company that we invested into it's actually here at the university like sonic mm-hmm. and they provide tools in order to um look at radiographs or um i don't want to s- speak kind of on the the technicalities of that company but they i was able to test their tools by putting on a, a vr set oh, cool. and going into a radiologist's room and seeing what they would see as opposed to actually physically going into yeah. the room and thankfully we had a physician mm-hmm. in our space yeah. doing due diligence or else you know we wouldn't be able to understand the science and the technology mm-hmm. and the ability to recreate if somebody else like a competitor was coming re- and recreate this and the patents and the mm-hmm. all of that stuff unless we had the right people around the table asking the right questions yeah so it's okay to be outside of your depth because mm-hmm. you can ask questions that maybe not everybody would think of but it's also really helpful to have people that know what they're talking about yeah. in any type of investment or industry or problem that people are solving mm-hmm. well yeah like put on a vr set and like see this like that would just be a cool experience and you're like yeah this is great just because the experience is cool but yeah like you have no idea what's going on yeah this is great but i don't understand what's happening so yeah i guess that is like Mm -hmm. the other benefit of these syndicates like having that just like brings so much more do you see like in the syndicates more diversity within them it's growing okay even just in the last two years it's it grows authentically year after year as we Mm -hmm. have you know, half a dozen new investors join or a dozen new investors join. Mm -hmm. So yeah, for sure it is. I think the more people can advocate for that diversity and backgrounds and the more that people know that it's okay if you don't have a finance degree to join. Mm -hmm. If if you want, angel investing is risky. Yeah, It's high risk with the hope of high reward. Not a lot of angel investors though do it for that reward because Mm -hmm. we know that we can invest in 200 companies 300 companies and maybe one yeah will sell so there is everybody has their own purpose for it but a lot of us do it to give back to Mm -hmm. the community it's our way to financially give back but then also support through mentorship yeah but yes i mean the more that we talk about what angel investing is the less of that barrier to entry happens because then people think okay well if she's doing it i can do it if she's saying it, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to do angel investing you just have to be able to understand people and ask the right questions and give your diverse opinions Mm -hmm. oh i guess i can do that Mm -hmm. and oh you know i'm perhaps a stay-at-home mom but i've had a 10-year career Mm -hmm. behind me can i still do this yeah yes you can now of course you have to be accredited Mm -hmm. as an angel investor but if you are accredited as an investor or you've got a background in finance 
then yes, you can be an angel mm-hmm. investor. And we want those opinions. So we're slowly starting to see the dial turn, yeah. especially in Saskatchewan. You know, over the last few years, we've given away millions of dollars mm-hmm. and invested in some amazing companies doing amazing things. And mm-hmm. so far, none of my companies that I've invested in have folded, oh, which is awesome. huge. It's huge in this this high risk space because angel investing, we are the first ones in. Yeah. The, the three Fs, friends, families, and fools. <laughs> Invest in these companies. There's got to be a better word for fools. I'm yeah. sure there's somebody out there that's created Somebody something. rebranded. <laughs> yeah, different. But we're the first ones to come in because that's usually when companies fail. They've got a really great idea. Mm-hmm. They're using their personal funds, family funds, or friends yeah. funds, or fools funds. <laughs> and they're trying to make a go at it. They're trying mm-hmm. to have a a model where they've got revenue coming in or they're profitable, hopefully at that mm-hmm. point. But this is where a lot of companies don't make it yeah. because they don't have that cash injection to make it to the next 12 months. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, if you look at some of these great companies that have made it they needed that support in the early stages just to get to step two yeah step two turned into step three and then step three turned into 300 as it kind of grew really fast Mm -hmm. so it's really important that if somebody wants to invest early stages and have an impact on mentorship that it really does affect entrepreneurs in our province and Mm -hmm. it really does help them get from step two to hopefully step three or four and then you've got the amazing venture cap firms mm-hmm. in our province or in our prairie provinces that then come in. They write the big checks yeah. and then the company gets to skyrocket. So mm-hmm. without that, though, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. You just need that little stepping stone, like that one mm-hmm. little piece of angel investing. But yeah, that's mm-hmm. good that it's just like just more communication around it in general about like anyone can do it. Like you don't just need to be someone who has like their CFA finance person who's been around forever like it can really be anyone within reason but yeah yes within reason but yeah I can't stress that Mm -hmm. enough I can't emphasize that enough I I am the type of individual that I love to just ask questions and listen that is my true personality so I listen to conversations from anybody from Mm -hmm. any background I love to listen to their stories and in the back of my mind I'm always thinking oh my gosh that opinion or narrative or idea or thought would have been so beneficial in X meeting. Yeah. And my goal is to connect the dots because sometimes it's just that barrier of, I don't know, it's Mm -hmm. unknown. And if I can say, well, I'll support you. A lot of the times I support newer investors through the process where, you know, we go for coffee or we go for drinks and I explain the process and they feel more comfortable, but they want me to join them in these meetings. Happy to do so. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it just needs that support initially for somebody to feel comfortable. And that's okay too. Like happy to do it. I don't have, I don't reap any reward other Mm -hmm. than helping diverse conversations around the table yeah yeah just for these companies yeah connecting those people that can bring in that perspective into the company to show like yeah this is such a need so yeah that's really awesome mm-hmm. sounds like angel investing is fun and i want to be involved but like you said there are regulations around becoming accredited to become an angel investor can you just like speak on that a little bit so yeah. how do you become an angel investor yes two avenues so the first avenue is through the Canadian Securities Administrators, mm-hmm. CSA, and they put parameters around your financial wellness, essentially. So mm-hmm. you have to 
have a certain income personally or a certain combined income with your spouse. Okay. Or you have to have a certain net net worth. Mm -hmm. So that's criteria number one. So they'll take those into account and you have to submit financial documents to get your accredited status. Or the second route is to have a financial understanding in investments. Okay. And usually that's your financial planners Mm -hmm. or your CFAs. And um, so that's the other route. That second route, though, you don't have to qualify financially. Okay. You just have to have an expertise. So with that being said, the reason why that's in place is because angel investing is high risk, Mm -hmm. hopefully high reward. (laughs) But- where you have bodies that are way beyond my scope, you've got other awesome syndicate bodies. Mm-hmm. Those individuals are lobbying for those parameters to be changed, those qualifications to be changed, because mm-hmm. there's other high risk, high reward investments yeah. in our marketplace <laughs> that don't need the accreditation. Yeah. I think we were talking mm-hmm. about, you know, cryptocurrency or those yeah. types of investments. So, it's it's a barrier to make sure that the right people are investing. And when I mean right people is you've got the money to do so because the odds of of you losing that money is mm-hmm. is greater than the odds of you gaining. Yeah. But with that being said, we're missing out on those amazing voices that yeah. perhaps haven't gotten to that financial position yet. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of amazing smart people yeah that are trying to lobby um for change in that space and we'll see what happens Mm -hmm. so for now it just it is what it is but um there's sometimes ways there's ways around uh, those investments and a lot of times individuals are doing that that financial Mm -hmm. um piece they call it um self-certified investor is the okay yeah, the definition. So mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see yeah. what happens in the future. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yes, for now, there's accreditation. <laughs> yeah, I know that was something that I found really interesting. I didn't realize that that what I thought anyone like if you had the money, you could go and invest. And yeah, it's so strange because like investing in the stock market, something that lots of people do is high risk, high reward, but anyone can do it. Like there's apps you can get on your phone to invest your own money personally in the stock market. People do that. People buy Bitcoin. People buy cryptocurrencies, like all these things. Like anyone can do that and it's super risky, but anyone's allowed to do it. But then like, I just think it's like a weird mix that you can do that, but you need to become accredited to become an angel investor. Because like you said, like you're investing in the economy, like you're helping other businesses within like Saskatchewan and the Prairie Provinces grow. So it's strange that there's like regulations to not do that, but you can like put your money into NFTs or something like that with no no problem. So yeah, it's yeah, nice no to see. Yeah. We'll see. There's amazing companies out there doing some pretty amazing mm-hmm. things right now as we speak, especially in Canada. Yeah. Setting up um, tools to help angel investors behind the scenes so we don't have to do so much work with our due diligence templates mm-hmm. and tools. People are setting up really great um, centralized places for deal flow. And then, yes, eventually that accreditation will be challenged and we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. And I guess like things like WESC or Cultivator or Colabs, like they have mentors and stuff. So like getting that diverse perspective without somebody being an actual angel investor or investor in those companies. So, but still letting people like get involved in that startup space. Oh so. yeah. You named like just an amazing mm-hmm. set of, well, you, you named a few of them, but mm-hmm. you've got your, yeah, you've got your WESC 
who I was a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say that they're a tech incubator, but they've got yeah. really great programs in order to develop companies mm-hmm. through certain stages. And then you've got your collabs and you've got your cultivator mm-hmm. that are in place to, it's like incubating an egg. You've yeah. got your company. They help you set up the structure of your company. Mm-hmm. They they do amazing customer research and testing. And what I mean by that is they make their entrepreneurs, it's easy to get an idea. You've got an idea. I've got this problem that I want to solve. But then you go through your customer research and your market Mm -hmm. research. And then you realize that this problem that you thought you wanted to solve is not really the problem that needs to be solved. They'll make you, they made me call a hundred people and you would not have to say, this is the problem I'm solving. You would just ask them questions oh, yeah. to then come to the conclusion on what problem they needed solving in mm-hmm. that space. And then after 10 calls, you've already pivoted your idea where you're like, okay, this is not even yeah. at all what they thought. And then in the next call, you pivot again. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So by the time you're done through those incubator stages or even through WESC, you realize that your company has evolved Mm -hmm. so incredibly much, but that now it's more focused to what people actually want as a problem to solve and what your business should be structured and set Mm -hmm. up as. It's just wonderful resources, those two two components in our province and three with WESC Mm -hmm. that really help entrepreneurs set up their company. We are so grateful for them as angel investors. Oh, yeah. Because we trust in the process mm-hmm. of what they do. And by the time they get to us, we trust that the problem has been like, massaged and yeah. thought to the point where it's actually what the market mm-hmm. wants or the market intelligence has provided as a need. Mm-hmm. And then they've also put the entrepreneurs through really great exercises of pitching and practice due diligence so that yeah. when we ask them their questions or we were trying to get clarity on what and information we need from them, they're primed. They're yeah. ready. They're not as nervous. Now they just need the connections and the opportunity, and we're happy mm-hmm. to do that. So yeah, super thankful for those yeah, that's communities. All, that's so great. Like, you're just, like, so thoroughly vetted through those. And then do you find, like, since they have went through those programs, like, if you see, like, this, like, company has been through Cultivator, like, are you just, like, there's less due diligence to do, and, like, you're almost more not open to invest in them, but it's, like, you just, like, there's more behind that idea just because of that connection? For sure. Mm-hmm. I, I've i been through one of those incubators myself. Yeah. I know how hard it is to even just get accepted into yeah. the incubators. I think I was declined twice okay. before I was accepted for the third time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know how competitive it is in that space. I also know what they take the entrepreneurs through. Mm -hmm. So I would say, yes, that's definitely helpful if we know they've gone through those incubators. But more to that is we can get more in-depth into Mm -hmm. the questions that we need to in order to understand if they're worth um, from a risk perspective investing into or they have the ability to grow and Mm -hmm. scale to a certain level. that is a part of we, we're just able to get to those conversations faster and mm-hmm. more deep. Yeah. We don't have much time. We usually th- go through due diligence with 40 plus companies a year at minimum. Mm-hmm. So when you go through that exercise, there's only so much time that you can dedicate into those spaces. Mm-hmm. So you really want to make sure you get to the answers of the questions that you need. 
and that going for them to go through those programs and we can just kind of cut to the chase mm-hmm. and get to the I don't know, meat and potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> meat and potatoes of what we want to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like you went through Cultivator and do you still have your startup or? I still have my startup. Okay. It's still um, in ideation stage. Okay. I think the reason why I haven't let it go is because I, I see the problem still and I'm still refining oh, yeah. the problem. But I'm also okay with working on something else mm-hmm. that's, in my opinion, more important at the time. There's only so much time that somebody has in the yeah. day. And I have made it a priority to focus on working on Saskatchewan Blue Cross. I've made it a priority to focus on family too mm-hmm. and health. So yes, that will that will come mm-hmm. when I've got more spare time. I'm just in the midst of yeah. doing some really cool things yeah. with Saskatchewan Blue Cross. Exactly. So that's taking up all my time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like just focusing more for like your I call them extracurriculars, so like outside of Blue Cross, but focusing more on like the angel investing than the startup right now. Yeah, that's exactly it. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I mean being able to invest in almost two dozen companies yeah, over the last awesome. two years has definitely taken time mm-hmm. to get to but that is so rewarding yeah uh, the progress that i see the companies make and they're all still around like i still can't yeah. believe that every one of my investments is still in business mm-hmm. i'm so proud to say that because i'm not the one doing the hard work they are <laughs> and it makes an impact mm-hmm. so you know when it's my time that i can start focusing on my company i will mm-hmm, exactly. i will for sure but yeah it definitely like the angel investing like there's such a huge impact that like a tangible impact that you can see like you can see all these companies and you you invest in so it like goes back to your main goal as like having an impact and like having or like impacting change on whatever you're working in so yeah it's a good fit for sure with like all the companies you've invested in can you name a few that people may know or Mm. just a few Mm -hmm. big names big names (laughs) um well i mentioned Lexonic. it's here at the university oh yeah that's a great one um memory keeper is another that was my first female Mm -hmm. investment and jessica mcnaughton in moostra is doing some pretty fantastic things um she's capturing memories into a digital storybook Mm -hmm. so it's your way of keeping social media post thoughts um, pictures physical pictures physical videos in one spot Mm -hmm. so that you never lose those stories you can write narratives to it and it's a really beautiful way to capture your life really cool you can do it as a as a corporation too where you're capturing moments as a company and we do that um, with saskatchewan blue cross also so um that's a really awesome one I have seen a lot of amazing growth on a company, again, here at the University of Saskatchewan, (laughs) um, Omni. Omni has changed and pivoted so much since Mm -hmm. the initial concept, but it now Omni takes a 3D picture of your home. Okay. And it itemizes and categorizes everything within your home and it gives a life cycle to it and an explanation to it. Interesting. So it'll, you know, you'll. I don't know how old my furnace is, but now I will with Omni Mm -hmm. as far as like purchasing when it needs to be repaired or when Mm -hmm. maintenance needs to happen on it or where it needs to go, where I need to get a new one in the future. How long is that going to take? Yeah. Um, I've used Omni as a customer on the repair stage. Mm -hmm. So if you need some light bulbs repaired, they'll they'll come in and help. But it's just a, a really good way to keep 
order on your household. Yeah, that's a really interesting one. Yeah, and of course they're including it in new builds, and mm-hmm. they're do, they're trying to expand to um, other markets that are just apart from you know your day to day homes. Mm-hmm. But it's just a really cool way to keep the inventory of your home, understand when it needs to be mm-hmm. maintained or repaired, and. It's yeah. helpful for especially individuals like myself. So, yeah, um, yeah Omni is a great one, too. So those those are three kind of mm-hmm. top of mind. The The majority of my vestments are in Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. Uh, some are in, like I said, BC and Alberta and Winnipeg and all different industries. Some mm-hmm. angel investors really like to focus on specific industries. Mm-hmm. I'm all over the yeah. map i usually invest in the entrepreneur oh, okay yeah and that's that's usually what you hear with angel investors mm-hmm. unless they've got a really hyper focus and they're looking on a specific model or opportunity that can mm-hmm. yield really high growth but for me i'm really looking at the entrepreneur i'm mm-hmm. looking at their ability to take feedback oh yeah their ability to challenge challenge their narrative but then explain to me why they would want to keep it or not so just their ability to always be thinking Mm -hmm. differently and their growth mindset where do they want to take the company how hungry are they to advance the company Mm -hmm. so i really take a look at the entrepreneur so a lot of my questions and my due diligence um other angel investors have asked me like why would you ask that question you know and maybe it's as simple as a conversation went on a specific book mm-hmm. and I asked about that book. Yeah. So I didn't follow, you know, our list of 25 questions about their financial model. Mm-hmm. But inside that answer about their favorite book told me so much about yeah. them as a human being, the way they perceive problems, mm-hmm. the way they handle adversity. Mm-hmm. And in that, I really find the grit of yeah. the entrepreneur. So I ask really interesting questions in the due diligence phase and i'm really happy to do so because yeah. i get way more out of those questions than mm-hmm. i do oh, yeah, yeah the financial model questions <laughs> yeah oh absolutely and like yeah in those like early stages like yeah the success is really like on the entrepreneur like they're they are the company so like asking those interpersonal questions is so great and then yeah like from your perspective of like going through cultivator and having that experience and then asking these more interpersonal questions do you just think like that experience going through that also shapes how you ask questions and like what you look for yeah i would say that experience through cultivator of course when you have to call 100 people yeah um allows you to understand the way people believe a problem to be mm-hmm. but i just think in general i love listening to people's stories mm-hmm. I love connecting with people from all walks of life because no matter what they're telling me, I'm taking really interesting, valuable information on how people perceive the world, Mm -hmm. what filters they use through their eyes, what biases people have. And in all of those conversations, although they might not seem as valuable to whatever I need to get out, like maybe I'm going to a business meeting and I'm looking to ask about a certain product well yeah i'll ask those particular questions but the conversation goes so farther Mm -hmm. than that because i want to understand who they are as a human being so those types of questions have really helped me make good decisions in business good decisions in life because i just love 
investing time in people mm-hmm. and understanding what makes them tick because then I'm able to say pretty early on whether this is going to work or not. Yeah. Yeah. And especially if you're working like with that person, like you need to make sure that, yeah, there's going to be like a good ability to collaborate and not be butting heads and just, yeah. So it's definitely good to take that time. Like that's such an important part of the due diligence that I don't think many people would think about. Like the due diligence is like, yeah, raking through the books and making sure everything is financially sound, but there's so much more to it too. So yeah, that's an interesting perspective. Everybody has such diverse opinions. You say, you say, um, butting heads and I look Mm -hmm. for those moments in particular because if this was just a one-way conversation where I said something and somebody just agreed Mm -hmm. then I would really miss on the opportunity to think even beyond my own filters and biases so um, when I'm saying it to my staff when I'm saying it to you know business partners or angel investors in due diligence meetings I welcome Mm -hmm. those conversations, the feedback, the challenges, as long as they're done in a respectful way, right? And it's not personal. Then we are always innovating at a greater state than just listening to me and then saying yes. Mm -hmm. And I do that because I want, A, I want people to feel comfortable to give their opinion around me. Yeah. So I do that in a sense of like, I really do want your feedback. I really do want to know what you you think and Mm -hmm. feel because it's just going to make the conversation. It's going to make us as a team better. So yeah, in most of my everyday life, it's not Kenzie talking. It's me listening, giving Mm -hmm. opinions, building on ideas, and then being better as a a unit with everybody around Mm -hmm. the room. Because we get to a way better place than I would have ever just by myself. That's for sure. Yeah, I love that. And especially like, yeah, when you're talking to an entrepreneur, like, yeah, that startup business, like that's their baby. Like they care so much about it. So like, yeah, to have that passion to like either like challenge what you're saying or like take your feedback, but then like say, well, like I hear you, but this is what I actually think. Like there is like a lot of power in that. And I think, yeah, like going through a process like Cultivator and like having to call like a hundred people and ask them like that really just like builds up your resilience in such a way like it is just like one of those yeah good crash course and just being uncomfortable and like and that's where that growth is going to happen so yeah, yeah definitely good it's definitely um it's not like cold calling because mm-hmm. you're you're asking for help yeah be I was pleasantly surprised how many people wanted to give me their time and their opinion when mm-hmm. I asked for the help. And it was really beautiful. It, it created a lot of connections of people I haven't talked to for so many years just mm-hmm. to say, can I get your help? Um, what do you think about this problem? And they were really generous to give it. Mm-hmm. So that was really awesome. Um, but you had a really good point in there where you were talking about people's babies, like their ideas or baby. Mm-hmm. And it's those people that say, this is my baby, but I'm willing to see it grow and I'm willing to listen to your feedback in order Mm -hmm. for it to be better those are the ones that we really see that amazing growth it's the other side where like this is my baby this is my idea nobody else is going to to tell me otherwise Mm -hmm. those ones are harder to to grow and scale because they've got such a a tunnel vision on what they think their problem Mm -hmm. is that they're solving and where the success points are going to be and we're not able to come in and and help or or interject Mm -hmm. or provide in most cases, those resources that we need because it just doesn't yeah. fit with the, with um, our idea of what the model should be. So, but mm-hmm. never say never. Like some of those entrepreneurs have that idea, they go with it and it works, yeah. right? So, Great. there's no 
model or successful model in angel mm-hmm. investing. No, exactly. Or else we would all be doing it. Exactly. We'd all be starting the company. Yeah, and and all the entrepreneurs would be successful. All yeah, yeah. In, a, in a specific way. Yeah, so every startup takes off. So yeah, it's definitely a, a very delicate balance between like having your idea and taking feedback, but also like being steadfast in what you want to achieve, but being able to pivot. So you just have to do it all. Like people say, entrepreneurs just do it all. So that's you painted the, it so yeah, beautifully. That's right the takeaway. Excellent. And then talking about ideation, we talked about this in a previous conversation, but like, and you kind of touched on it right now, like with Cultivator and those types of incubators, like going through, like you have an idea and then you like flesh it out so much that it may pivot. But like, and like you said, ideation, like you love to just like think of new ideas and problems. Like when you have numerous ideas, like how do you decide, like, I got five ideas of business I want to start. Like, where do you start with which one to actually focus your time on and put into like building up that plan before like applying to a cultivator or something like that or like taking it to the next step? How do you decide between your five children? Yeah, which basically, one are going to yeah. <laughs> Decide between what child you love the most to put all your love into. It, you know what? That's so incredibly personal mm-hmm. and there is no recipe for success. What I say, though, when people ask me that question is start with the the problem that you're most passionate mm-hmm. to solve, because then you will be able to be more resilient as life throws you the challenges on that problem because you are passionate mm-hmm. about solving it. If you can then tie in that problem or a particular problem with a large market opportunity, mm-hmm. then you will see more financial gains or rewards if it is to be successful. So I always kind of say that's kind of an offset of, of your passion is if you can find something with a larger scale model. Mm-hmm. But that being said, some people have a really passion passionate problem they want to solve and it's not a large model and that is okay. Yeah, Maybe they want to have a local business in Saskatoon and they're you know, market share is three quarters of Saskatoon. That's mm-hmm. what they want to try to achieve as their ultimate goal. Awesome. Like that mm-hmm. is that is helping the Saskatchewan economy. That is solving a problem. That is fulfilling somebody's need with mm-hmm. using a product or a service. So totally depends. Like an angel investor, there's some angel investors that want to in- invest in small local businesses. And, yeah. and that's perfectly fine too. So I just say find something that you're really passionate about because life is going to throw you so many curveballs mm-hmm. that you just have to make sure that it fits with your value system in your heart and then you mm-hmm. can see it through when life throws you those curveballs. <laughs> yeah. When things get tough. So yeah, just like really focus on the passion and then work towards that. So like mm-hmm. in your experience, like you had your business, like how did you get it? Or like what stage did you work towards before you were applying to Cultivator? Like I started yeah. my business... Um, with an idea, mm-hmm. sitting by myself. and my, Well, I shouldn't say by myself. I was sitting in a home with my three kids yeah. and my husband in, lock, in lockdown in COVID. Mm-hmm. And again, having a problem and a passion for health and wellness mm-hmm. and wanting to see a better service model on um, getting access to exercise and nutrition. So I started with a, a passion. I built a a business model. I went through Cultivator, pivoted a thousand times. And then even after graduating Cultivator, you can um, 
if you want to see your company through and it's already starting to come together as far as the development and you're maybe hiring another staff or there's starting to be revenue, you get to stay within uh, the incubator and you get to grow your company. Mm -hmm. And they have certain stages in these incubators that take you from X growth to the next growth to the next growth. Mm -hmm. Um, At that time, I had another passion in insurance that took me into another position and another company outside of this health and wellness tank company. And that's okay too. I just followed my passion into another company. But Mm -hmm. you have the ability to grow and scale inside these incubators and have access to people and resources that you wouldn't otherwise. Mm -hmm. So the, the message that I took away from those experiences is just tie yourself with amazing communities Mm -hmm. that are there to support you in your time of need, answering questions, exercising pit like pitches, yeah. um, providing financial assistance or f- people that can support those financial um, connections. Mm-hmm. Use the people around you and you'd be surprised how many people just want to help yeah. and lift you up mm-hmm. and be a part of your, your story and your success. So mm-hmm. that's what I took out of those experiences. Um, I would do it again in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. If I had a problem that I wanted to solve and they would support me, I would do it in a heartbeat. Now, of course, I would have to be selected and I would yeah. have to be worthy. <laughs> um, but they are, they're a key mm-hmm. piece. You, I mean, you are who you surround yourself with in no, life, yeah. right? From when you were a little kid, if you're thinking about your story, to who you are in business, you are who you surround yourself with. And if mm-hmm. you surround yourself with like-minded people that think big and have big dreams mm-hmm. then or big goals or maybe people that have achieved that yeah and have stories to give you back then most likely mm-hmm. you are going to to be in the same position as them so mm-hmm. yeah and even going back to just like cold or not really cold calling but like calling 100 people to ask for advice and like being so surprised how everyone is so willing to help like that's such a product of like the Saskatchewan community like people are so willing to help so yeah that's a good one like just either get involved with those communities or like reach out to somebody because people will give you advice and then that'll definitely help with that like ideation and make sure that you're not just like running away with a product or a idea that maybe doesn't have any fit or any need so yeah mm-hmm. having those people to don't be afraid off. to ask mm-hmm. so. you'd be surprised how many people say yes if mm-hmm. you just ask for help yeah and then like within either in the angel investing or SAS Blue Cross, like, how do you encourage or foster a culture of innovation and, like, creative thinking? Like, how have you gone to that place? Or, like, is there anything that you, like, draw on from, like, looking at how to solve a problem in a new way? Oh, a great question. Um, well, I know that I don't solve every problem <laughs> that comes up, whether in any work that I do. I create a culture where people feel free to express to me things that do not work Mm -hmm. and then solutions to fix. Mm -hmm. So I make sure that everybody around me feels comfortable to give me their feedback because there is nothing more valuable Mm -hmm. than feedback. What I do change, though, is with that feedback that something's not working, what do you think should change? Mm -hmm. I want them to think about what it is that needs to change so that they've got some skin in the game when they're giving me their feedback and they're not just complaining. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't instill people 
to come with a solution, then you get a culture that's just giving negative feedback, yeah. right? I also know that everybody around me is smarter than me. Mm-hmm. And I hire people that are smarter than mm-hmm. me for a purpose. Oh, yeah. And they're the ones that deal with the day-to-day every single day. They're the ones that gather the market intelligence to tell mm-hmm. me when things work and don't work. And their opinion is so incredibly valuable. Taking all of that information and what they think should be the best solution, then we come together as a team. We decide what that solution will be. My job as a leader is then just to support through the change management. Mm-hmm. Those that maybe don't agree yeah. or those that don't like change, how do I support them as we now grow or innovate to the next level? Mm-hmm. But I by no means think that I'm going to come up with the ideas or the solutions <laughs> to make things better because I'm not on the front lines of what I do. Yeah. Um, so I really rely on the people around me that are skilled and talented. They've got really cool life experiences. They get to interact with customers or mm-hmm. members, tell me what they think the solution should be, and then we test them out. I would rather test, 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 and fail than never test at all, mm-hmm. and then just grow grow away from what customers or members actually yeah. need. So mm-hmm. I rely on my people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great advice. And then tying like your two passions together of working in insurance and in the angel investing startup space, do you see like a lot of advancement within that? And like you, that's where you were working too, but like a lot of advancements within like different healthcare technologies or like how these types of startups are kind of changing the wellness industry and wellness practices? Yeah, um, there's hundreds mm-hmm. of companies, lots in Saskatchewan that are trying to innovate healthcare. You know, there's those companies that innovated, say, virtual um, health. Yeah. They're probably eight years old now. Like mm-hmm. They're not new companies, but they've provided digital doctors to yeah. us. So those that are maybe in rural Saskatchewan and don't have access to a physician in a timely manner can open up their phone and and talk to somebody. Mm -hmm. Those have been around for a while now, but it's also you need to make sure that you've got the innovation with also the adaptation, the people actually using it or or seeing value in it. So back eight years ago when you've got those digital doctors, there's a small percentage of people that use them. Those are those early adopters, right? And they're Mm -hmm. like so excited. I'm going to use it. It's really easy for me. I'm an I'm a pretty early digital adopter. Mm-hmm. No surprise, but yeah. I didn't want to take my three kids to a medi clinic. Mm-hmm. The fact that I could call a doctor from my home and save me hours. Oh yeah. While I was nursing children in an, in a state of <sighs> chaos was invaluable to mm-hmm. me. Um fast forward 5 years and yes, I'm still using it, but now 15 people around me are using it. Mm-hmm. And so that digital adoption has to also come to fruition for us to see the value and what's yeah. happening. So a, a lot of what I get to see is the innovation that won't be adapted for another three to five years mm-hmm. from the general public. And there's some really cool ideas happening in our space that are disrupting but improving the mm-hmm. experience of healthcare. Yeah, And I'm so proud to see this happen in Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. But where rubber really hits the road is when people actually start using it. Oh, yeah. So I get to see this adoption on, say, digital healthcare. It's now built into our insurance plan at Saskatchewan mm-hmm. Blue Cross. And I'm constantly still 
advocating and telling people what it is and please use it like just please try Mm -hmm. try and use it it's going to save you hours and you don't have to drive now three hours to your local hospital you can talk Mm -hmm. to a physician now unless that physician needs to see you personally then you do go in right but you at least get to talk to somebody right away Mm -hmm. they need to see the value in it themselves right so sometimes it just takes a while for for that to happen. But as far as medical advancements, as far as innovation in the healthcare space, it's going to be a completely different world Mm -hmm. in in 10 years because people are now finally adopting this this innovative. But it's not just in your phone, right? It's when you you go to a hospital, technology is evolving and it's Mm -hmm. completely different. And so... It's going to be a different world, but we hope for the better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there's so much opportunity within the healthcare for sure to be shaken up and made more efficient. But yeah, like just the value of not having to go to a medi clinic and wait in the waiting room for three hours when you have like a five minute conversation with the doctor. But that's value alone is worth it. So, yeah, that's great. to see Yeah, it's amazing. Changes. But what we think is amazing, like I think about my parents and yeah. My mom would still go to the Medi Clinic. <laughs> Just because that's you know what is ingrained. It is ingrained. So but if I was to walk my mom through the process of using her app once mm-hmm. and she sees value in it, like she has to see value in it. But if she sees yeah. value in it then it's worth it. So mm-hmm. sometimes just that adaptation to technology or that support to see it through is helpful. Mm-hmm. And I think to me that's that's gonna happen with generations as as these younger generations grow up yeah. on their on their phone and technology. But right now we see the gap mm-hmm. of technology disrupting or innovating every industry. And then you've got those that don't see value mm-hmm. in it because they haven't grown yeah. up using mm-hmm. the technology. So, you know, th- what what I like to focus on, on is how do we bring that adaptation or how do we encourage or increase that adaptation to those that need that support mm-hmm. yeah no that's a good because it won't be a, as big of a problem in yeah, 20 exactly. years yeah everyone will be fine talking to the doctor on the phone or doing it'll anything be like a that normal, it'll be a normal yeah. way of life so if you have a passion within the healthcare system and you have an idea of how to innovate or make it better definitely go out and try that one that's right that's, that's the pitch right. <laughs> that's right it's yeah. great um so looking at like your entire career both in insurance and investing and entrepreneurship what advice do you have for say a female entrepreneur or investor looking to get either involved through a startup an idea that they have or through that angel investing space this actually goes back to our, you and our first conversation mm-hmm. together before this where there's so much power in connection yeah and you can think of an idea you can also probably grab a template online for a business plan And you can create what you think is a really great company. Mm -hmm. But then it's taking that step to connect with people. It's taking that step to ask questions because we all know that your your idea is going to change or it's going to morph. My my advice, though, is to always jump over the barrier of nervousness to connect with people Mm -hmm. and just listen and hear people tell their stories and connect with people because there's so much value yeah in listening to other people's stories because in your mind you're thinking oh i wouldn't do that well there now you know what not to do or mm-hmm. oh i would do that that's that sounds great 
And then you also could reach out to that person afterwards and be like, hey, do you know somebody in the insurance space? I've got a really great idea and I want to know if if it's sound. Mm-hmm. Great. I know Kenzie. She's happy to have yeah. a conversation with you. Here's her phone number. Mm-hmm. Awesome, right? So those connections. I wish somebody would have told me um, outside of university just to not be afraid to walk up to somebody, shake their hand, introduce yourself and say, this is what I'm working on. Mm-hmm. Because everybody in these scenarios is looking for that connection. If if yeah. somebody's out at another event, they're looking for a connection too. They're waiting for somebody to say hi. Mm-hmm. And when somebody does, it's like, oh, great. Somebody's awesome. saying hi. I can't wait to have a conversation <laughs> with them. So just being able to jump over that hurdle of being nervous yeah. and build human connection mm-hmm. with an intention or even without a uh, intention. Because I have really... I've had really great experiences in my life where I've just had an authentic conversation with with no intention behind that conversation and come mm-hmm. out way better, whether it was a life lesson or a connection or a business idea or just a true friendship to mm-hmm. use, you know, in the in the future as a as a hope for help yeah. is important. So that would be my advice. Mm-hmm. Go out of your comfort zone and meet people. Yeah. And that goes back to like the point that everyone's very willing to like give advice or give help so yeah just making those connections so yeah getting out of your comfort zone and going to those events and just like asking somebody because even like reaching out on linkedin like you have you have an idea i'm sure if you like probably 99 times out of 100 if you reach out to somebody on linkedin to ask advice like they're gonna be more than happy to do so so yeah that's very good advice yes easier or just said than done shake their hand <laughs> in person if you get the opportunity yeah exactly introduce yourself mm-hmm no, that's great. That's advice. powerful. Yeah, getting out of your comfort zone. And that's good for all aspects of business. So, yeah, great advice. <laughs> easier said than done, but good advice. It is. It's easier mm-hmm. said than done. It's um, it's a, it's a skill that you mm-hmm. need to exercise. Sure. And you have to be okay with rejection. You have to be mm-hmm. okay to walk up to somebody and then just say hi and walk away mm-hmm. and know that it's clearly not you because they know nothing about you yeah it's them yeah that's right? a good point and it's where they're at in their life and just being okay with that so mm-hmm. the only way you can get more confident in connection is by, by connecting connect. yeah so you just have to make up in your mind that that's something that you want to do and you see value in it regardless <laughs> of how it's yeah. gonna go <laughs> and you just do it yeah have that mindset shift and yeah definitely great advice and like getting the just experience with yeah if somebody rejects i'm putting in quotes rejects you like if you want to be an entrepreneur and start a startup you got to get a thick skin and get used to rejection so it's a good crash course in it for sure but Mm -hmm. rejection is always about the other person and what they're thinking in your Mm -hmm. mind in their mind right Mm -hmm. they might reject you because of what's in their mind doesn't fit their business model or where they're going Mm -hmm. and you just can't take it personally it's where they're at Mm-hmm. in their time in their life yeah and then you move on to the next <laughs> and then it's just a new start every day <laughs> yeah awesome. exactly so looking at your entire journey so first looking ahead with everything that you're doing with blue cross with investing with entrepreneurship what are you most excited for for your future goals and aspirations in your career journey mm-hmm. or personal um well i I'm definitely on the path that I've set out in my mind Mm -hmm. as far as what is successful to me. So what's successful to me is, is I'm a healthy, happy individual, which Mm -hmm. is investing time in myself, 
um, and my relationships that are important to me. Mm-hmm. So making those a priority. There was a really great quote that actually one of my staff said to me on Friday, you are where your feet are. Oh, yeah. And I thought that is so beautiful as a reminder to say I am where I am today, to mm-hmm. be thankful and appreciate um, what's been given to me and what I've you know, definitely worked towards. So that's a, an important aspect. So I feel like I'm very successful in my life because I'm healthy, happy, mm-hmm. and I'm able to work. Yeah. Um, I want to continue angel investing at a larger scale to mm-hmm. have greater impact. So that's definitely on one of my goals. Um, my passion just in general is to always be giving back. I work for a not-for-profit that gives back millions of dollars into the mm-hmm. Saskatchewan economy. So I am where I want to be. Yeah. Um, but I also have the appetite to give back at a larger scale, whatever that looks like, whether it's um, with my own businesses or or growing Saskatchewan Blue Cross. So those both align to where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Worth where I want to grow. And then just personally, I want to travel more. I oh, didn't yeah. do enough traveling when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I want to see the world. I want to get greater perspective because I know that will be a part of what, in my mind, envisions success. Yeah, it's learning all sure. those cool foundational items when I'm traveling. Mm-hmm. I just have such a calling to travel more. Yeah. My kids are young, oh, yeah. though, so traveling to us is is a four-hour flight wherever I can <laughs> yeah. take it. But in a few years, I really want to travel and see the world and mm-hmm. listen to people, listen yeah. to their experiences. Um, I have a really large calling in my life to do something around fostering or adopting. Oh, yeah. I'm adopted myself. Mm-hmm. And so whether that's traveling to another country and supporting orphanages or, oh, yeah. or doing some fostering here in Saskatchewan or some sort, um, whether it's personal or through business, that's definitely mm-hmm. a passion of mine that I want to see through. So, you know, if I have the ability to get to that position, mm-hmm. I'll be really happy. But those are just some of the few things that mm-hmm. are on my mind. And then, yeah. hey, whatever problem comes my way that seems like I want to solve, I won't pass up that mm-hmm. opportunity. I'll see through that too. So mm-hmm. oh, that's the world awesome. is, is yeah. an oyster. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's such a great balance between so many different things and such exciting things to come. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. But I think the most important thing I take away is success doesn't mean money earned. Yeah. Success means how happy you are as an individual and, and what you contribute to other people's lives mm-hmm. with just who you are as a human being. And I'm just always constantly improving as a human being, whatever like that looks like. Mm-hmm. But then I always remind myself I am where my feet are. Yeah. I'm happy where I am today. I'm thankful for, you know, today. Mm-hmm. And that to me is successful. I love that. Yeah, I love are where you f- where your feet are. That's so great. It's a great piece of advice to live by. And then on the opposite side, looking back, what has been your proudest moment of your career so far? Um... Well, I getting a university degree, mm-hmm. even though this is specific to <laughs> the podcast, is was the first substantial thing yeah. in my life. I grew up in the university. My mm-hmm. growth chart, like a normal child would have been in their home. My growth chart was actually at the university, okay. <laughs> at the dental college, because I grew up at the dental yeah. college. And when they renovated the college, I actually took the wallpaper down and got my growth chart and put it it in. So I have such um, a love and appreciation Mm -hmm. for the university. And that was a big piece of um, I made it. Mm -hmm. 
I actually look back at times where I've written in my journal where I'm like, mom, I've made it. The other time was when I came to judge the MBA program here and it was their final competition Mm -hmm. and there was a reserved sign in the circle outside of our college with my name on it. Mm -hmm. And I remember writing my journal, mom, I've made it. (laughs) I'm coming back to the MBA students and they've got my name on the parking Mm -hmm. stall. So there's just such a... Uh, a big piece of accomplishment for me inside mm-hmm. this university that it's provided me in my career. Um, being nominated for a Woman of Distinction Award, mm-hmm. that was big to share with my family. Oh, yeah. That was a way to say that I'm on the right path of creating change for mm-hmm. for our um, for our um, communities. So that was really big mm-hmm. in my life. So it's it's moments, though, that I get to share with people. I look back and I say, like, you know, I get to share those memories with my parents because of the university. I get to share those memories with my family for an award. Mm-hmm. That, And to me, an award is just a recognition that I'm doing something yeah. right mm-hmm. for the community. So more to come for sure. Like that's my motivation factor yeah. is continually doing things for the economy mm-hmm. um, of Saskatchewan and communities within Saskatchewan. But mm-hmm. I don't know, those are a few moments mm-hmm. that I look yeah. back no, and I'm really awesome. proud about. That's great. I love all that. But yeah, those are all my formal questions if you have anything else you'd like to add any comments or anything i missed the uh turn it over to you the floor is yours (laughs) (laughs) what do i talk about freelance um oh coffee you were saying that you were talking about coffee coffee, me and sarah yes well she doesn't drink coffee but coffee is my favorite it's the favorite moment of my day the morning coffee and i put Mm -hmm. so much stuff in my coffee and people are always what's your coffee order then well, it's not in order. It's or, um, I make it mm-hmm. at home because I'm put so much in it. Yeah. But I and I just love it. But I apparently I wasn't getting enough protein in my diet. Okay. So I put protein in it. Mm-hmm. Um, collagen because I'm yep. I don't know try, getting older mm-hmm. and saving the joints. I'm using collagen too. Okay, well, great. You're preventing. <laughs> yeah, um, the proactive approach. <laughs> proactive, a ghee or an MCT okay. oil, mm-hmm. and then um, there's really great tinctures at tr- three treasures down in okay. downtown saskatoon that i use like um mushroom tinctures oh, yeah. or mushroom powder that mm-hmm. i i get there and i just froth it up into the most epic coffee in the morning and yeah, it makes me feel great. like a million bucks oh yeah so sometimes i'll substitute that with maybe some turmeric instead oh, of the yeah. coffee or some matcha mm-hmm. if i'm just feeling like i need a little bit of a a level day yeah. and not a oh, spike day. Yeah. I love my coffee. Oh, yeah. And I love just amping my coffee up in mm-hmm. the morning. So make it a super drink. That's awesome. Yeah. See, I was talking about mushroom coffee drinks in a different podcast because that's one of those things where I'm like, is that just a woo woo thing or is there actual benefit to it? So see, gotta try it you know, you're, you're, I love your word, <laughs> but I think woo woo means. It whatever means anything. <laughs> it means whatever it is to that person, mm-hmm. and whether it's placebo, yep, and in your because your mind is so incredibly powerful, yeah, that just even positive thought can yeah, help. Just believing that it works, it's gonna work, right? So there's that aspects with mm-hmm. with whether the nutrition or whatever you're intaking or doing or mm-hmm. works too. That I just think if as long as you're working in the right direction to want to try exactly. and investigate. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You move on. But mm-hmm. always be curious on how to improve your health mm-hmm. because who knows what your body needs at that time. Yeah, It could be completely different another time. For right now, 
my body wants mushroom, mm-hmm. ghee, bulletproof <laughs> yeah. coffee, and I'm super happy to do yeah. that. But it's my favorite part of my day. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I got to spice up my coffee routine. Gotta some add people, some of those things in. Yeah, add it. Some people um, meditate with it. Oh, yeah. Some people love their coffee so much. I have one of my mentors that takes their coffee and they just hold it and they smell <laughs> it and they and they literally meditate to their yeah. coffee and it makes them so incredibly happy. And mm-hmm. I'm like, absolutely awesome. for you. That yeah, sounds that works. wonderful. Love it. See, that's why I just say I, you can apply the woo-woo thing to anything. It's anything. But yeah. Yeah. Well, that. what does woo-woo, exactly. woo-woo just means that it's different yeah and being different exactly is okay yeah i completely believe in the placebo effect so if you think the mushroom coffee works it's gonna work so now i'm gonna have to start drinking mushroom coffee so go to three treasures okay shout out to three treasures in saskatoon they've got amazing tinctures amazing coffees check it out and you just wait till you go down yeah i'm gonna start doing that and i'm gonna be just a new new person i'm gonna be superhuman this is like talk about we'll have another podcast on woo woo stuff yes this is a great segue into you talking about all the good healthcare things and practitioners you need to see covered or not and then cool coffee recipes this is great mm-hmm. so to be, to be continued because yeah, continue. it goes way farther than <laughs> mushroom oh, yeah. coffee <laughs> yeah we got to follow up with the wellness complete wellness episode Mm -hmm. so i look forward to that but yeah yeah so until next time (laughs) this has been great thank you so much for taking the time today and having this awesome conversation thank you for having me it's been my pleasure (laughs) awesome thank you hey thanks for listening to this episode if you have a topic you want to hear discussed or someone you want to hear from let me know if you enjoyed this episode please consider leaving a review wherever you listen to your podcast i really appreciate your feedback and support See you next time on the After Business School special.